and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. I believe that we can thrive in all areas of life at the same time. But where do we begin? Personally, financially, spiritually, relationally, and often because we don't know where to focus, we do nothing. At least that's the space I lived in for several years. I know what it feels like to constantly be spinning my wheels, and that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Daily Journal. After working through the Dream Life Action Planner, we need to do something every day so we actually take steps in the direction we desire. Throughout the years, I've developed success habits that have helped me to create a Dream 10 life in all areas by focusing on one area at a time. And I teach you exactly what to do each and every day in the Dream Life Daily Journal. You'll find a gratitude game every day to start the morning off right, a space for prayer, meditation, journaling. A space to write down your clear and intentional dream life goal with affirmations and visualizations connected to that goal. You'll then have a spot to write down your dream life action to-do list so you can be intentionally taking action towards your goal every single day. I know that by completing the Dream Life Daily Journal every day for at least 30 days, you can create momentum. And when you do that, my friends, you can live your dream life too. Check out the dreamlifetoolkit.com or Amazon to get your copy of the Dream Life Daily Journal today. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. Our next guest, you guys, has lost over 160 pounds. And when you drop that much weight, you know that you don't just change on the outside, you change on the inside too. So when I met him just a few months ago and heard just a piece of his story, I thought, um, I need to get to know you more. We need to hang out because I know that he has experienced inside-outside transformation. And so I'm excited. He's a motivational speaker. He's a digital marketer. He has his first book coming out in the next few months. And so let's dive right in and introduce David Roden. Howdy, howdy. Yay. (laughs) Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. We met at a TEDx event here in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And when I heard your story, I thought, oh, we need to hear more. So I know you are writing a book right now. You are have really transformed your life. But I want to hear a bit about the nitty gritty details of life before. Tell me, what was life before you decided to make a change? A little more in depth in my background. I'm 27. I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I went to Forest Hills, Northern. And it was one of the things about my my past, the way I was explaining my book and the way I explain it to many people is I had the purest of ideological upbringings you can ask for, which is fascinating to, to see how it all came about. But growing up, my dad's actually a cardiologist in town. He's a heart doctor to think that going into the future of my life, where by the time I was 18 years old, I was over 400 pounds is crazy to think, but knowledge is not power. And that's, that's just a, that's a fact of, of life is the active use of knowledge is power. And so it was, it was a very intriguing upbringing. I saw my dad is an incredible support system, but he just worked a lot. And so growing up, I had that experience of 
My mom was always around. She's a stay-at-home mom. She was a coddler. That's just the way to explain it. She always said yes. She wanted to make sure I felt loved in every single way possible. And her perception of love was always saying yes and always being there. And so from a young age, I enjoyed food. And so if I wanted McDonald's, I got McDonald's. If I wanted pizza, I got pizza. If I wanted Snicker bars, if I wanted six Snickers, I got six Snickers. It wasn't a, oh, David, only one or whatever it may be. It was, I grew up with the purest of resources, of support, of, (laughs) this is gonna be crazy to think, but I'm not kidding. From zero to 18 years old, I never witnessed my parents argue, ever. (laughs) Like <laughs> to think to think I had this kind of the iconic upbringing you can ask for of just wealth, support, love, but that's not exactly what the recipe is. Everyone thinks it is. It's not the recipe. And so by the time I was 15 years old from never being told no, I became infatuated with food. And so I was eating a Costco sized bag of Reese's every day. I was drinking a 20, I was drinking 18 to 20 Diet Cokes a day. I was playing hours of video games, probably eating somewhere between 10 and 15,000 calories a day. And I just enjoyed it. And I never, I knew what it was doing to myself by the time. I was what, 15 years old. I was on pre-diabetic meds already. I was hypertensive. So I had high blood pressure, really high blood pressure. So without my drugs, I'd be like 190 over 120. As a teenager, you were on those medications? Yes. Yes. I I was on everything by the time I was like 15, 16 years old. And what's crazy too is because of the medical support of my, my dad, one, he wanted to help me, but he worked a lot. And so Anytime I would have that momentous, like, you know what, I want to try to lose some weight. If it was Abrip-Rex, he bought it for me. If it was the new um, Bowflex, I got the Bowflex. And so we grew up, I grew up in a, in a 7,000 square foot house. We had an indoor basketball court. And so we had a full gym. And so anytime I wanted something, P90X, I got it. I'd do it for a week, two weeks. And then my body would hurt so bad that I'd quit. And then that, that cycle you get into through high school. And it was very interesting too, because I was able to pivot my struggles very easily because um, I had a cyst on my pituitary gland at like 15, 16 years old. And so I had to get MRIs done. It wasn't a tumor, but it was like this hybrid in between. And so I'd have like my doctors say, hey, maybe you're just this weight because of this cyst. And, and like, so I was able to pivot off my eating habits and my poor working out habits on something that was out of my control. And that was a very easy way for me to keep my responsibilities not on myself. Um, and so by the time I was 18 years old, I was 410 pounds, pre-diabetic, all the, all the step points of being not in a good place in your 20s and 30s. Oh, my um, goodness. This is yeah. so interesting to me because <laughs> there's a couple of things that I hear you saying. The first one is yes is not always the best answer. And I have two boys myself. We actually have an indoor basketball court. And guess what? They're playing video games right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me that discipline is, is something that has to be developed. And it has to be, you know, going through the hard stuff kind of is how you grow that muscle. But that wasn't a muscle you grew because you kind of had everything. Mm -hmm. And I had everything in every shape because even education, like, yeah, God blessed me with a very, very intelligent mind. And so I could just 
not put in a lot of effort and get decent grades in school. I wouldn't study for tests and I'd get B's and I wouldn't do homework. It didn't matter. And so I had the iconic just slip your way through advantage that everyone thinks is what is holding holding them back from what they want. And I'm just, I can just tell you, it yeah. actually puts you in a worse place. Because it's it's kind of like, like life was too easy. So exactly. then you really could do what you wanted. And mm-hmm. what you wanted was food and video games like most teenagers. Exactly, exactly. Okay, so to the other thing I heard you say was that at first, you know, you thought there were times when you were like, okay, I need to get moving. Okay. But then you were diagnosed or, or they found that cyst on your pituitary gland and then it was an easy out. Yep. Okay. I had two different doctors that were endocrinologists tell me like, hey, well, I mean, we could possibly, we could put you in this, like I, I quote, like this is one of the things they said to me was, we could probably put you in the Sahara Desert for a year and maybe you wouldn't lose weight. <laughs> and like th- that's the whole catch oh, that's so right dis- now. I mean really it puts your health out of your control at that point mm-hmm. exactly exactly and they didn't see the back door which was my eating habits my everything else and right they only saw what they saw right okay so when did you finally hit your own rock bottom and say okay I I know that I can't live like this anymore because I'm slowly dying so I had a couple different moments. The one I always speak about the most actually wasn't the biggest transformation, but it just kind of shows you perspective on like, like, again, one of the one of the big things I like to hammer down on people when I speak to them is like, the resources that you're lacking is not why you're unhappy. The resources that you're lacking is not why you're not where you want to be because I literally had it all. There wasn't a piece of my life when it comes to other than other than my physical life, that, that's definitely something I didn't have but that's controllable was, I mean, by the time I was 17, 18 years old, I remember vividly twice in my house where my body was collapsing on me actually because I was 400 pounds and I have to sleep longer just because I was so tired all the time. My grades started plummeting. There were two points in time my junior, senior year, no joke, crying in my custom marble shower, laying on the ground in my shower with a pair of scissors in my hand, questioning like, committing suicide. That was a real thing. And so the reason being for me was I just felt so stuck. I felt like I was too far gone. Success in my family, from my perspective, is is like expected. Like my dad's my dad's a cardiologist, my mom's a nurse, my uncle's a lawyer. There's a lot of success in my family. And I'm just like, wow, my grades are plummeting. My health is plummeting. I'm 400 pounds. There's no chance I'm losing 200 pounds. Like what am I, what, this is too far gone. And like, and that happened twice. Thank God I never actually went through with it. And from that point, I transitioned to college, got into Central Michigan, and then still played the roller coaster game for two more years. I had a bet with my my freshman year roommate that I couldn't work out for 30 straight days. I made it to like 27 and then I got sick. And so the, the argument is I still didn't do it. But literally, it was so crazy. I was doing, I think, especially for people who are significantly overweight, I think strength training is the worst place to start because your body's not ready for it. It's like, just get the body moving, go walk, go jog, just treadmill, whatever. Uh, but don't strength train when you're, when you're 400 pounds and morbidly obese, cause it, your body just fights you because it's been doing the wrong thing for so long to, to pay, a little bit of pain already hurts as it is because of where you're at and to throw in like strength training pain, I don't think it's worth it. Cause most people, that's why most people quit. Cause they can't handle that, that huge pain 
on top of what they're already going through. And so I went through the roller coaster for a few more years. And the transition happened my junior year where it wasn't like a moment. That's what I like because there are a few, there are a few ways you can, you can make transitions happen. Inspiration, desperation. Most people happen to do it through desperation where it's like if they don't see something transforming the next day, it's like when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pay of change, then you'll finally change. But for me... It really happened through inspiration. It happened through my friend group change. My junior year, I decided I didn't want to be a doctor anymore. I didn't want to go on that route. And so I started looking for new friends, new opportunities. Where am I going to go? And then I actually joined a network marketing company called Vima. And it was the catalyst for my whole transformation. Reason being was I started hanging around people that started reading books, that set goals, that started teaching the foundational principles to success. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's move. Let's do something. Okay, cool. Let's, I, I know for, losing 200 pounds sounds ridiculous. There's no chance. All right, let's lose two pounds this week. And I did. I'm like, okay, cool. How about another two? And like that, and then I started reading books on like the compound effect by Darren Hardy. And it really started from the mind out more than anything for me. And it wasn't a desperation like, all right, you're about to have a cardiac arrest. It was a slow transition of my friend group changed. I started learning how success worked. And really through the, through the compound effect of six years of effort and continuous work ethic did today. So Awesome. Awesome. It really does show you kind of become who you hang around. Mm-hmm. So think about who you're hanging around and people, you know, make ensure that you're hanging around people that you want to to be like, because you do, it does rub off on you. But I have a question because you spent 18, 20 years kind of life was easy. And Mm -hmm. this was something that requires discipline. It requires doing things that are hard. It requires, you know, I like to say I work my business based on what I want, not based on how I feel. And I Mm -hmm. did a bodybuilding competition a couple of years ago. Same thing. Like I did not feel like it, but you do it. And that's kind of where the discipline has grown from. How did you... Like, especially starting thinking like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. It's too far gone. How did you develop that inner discipline to stick with it? A couple things that helped me immensely. One was the idea of like setting your own standard and getting to the point where I believe in the whole idea of shit and sugar. And so giving yourself shit, which means like pain, like giving yourself some like, not discouraging, but hardship and like hammering at yourself and then there's sugar which is like inspiration and motivation and and there is a balance both are effective like having someone that's a that father figure that just says you're messing up step up is effect just as effective as someone that says hey i'm here for you let me help support you and they're both effective now what happens is someone who's gotten sugar their whole life you give them sugar of inspiration. It doesn't, you don't see it. You're, you're so used to it. And so I needed shit. I needed, I needed something or someone to hold me accountable that was outside of the coddling of which, which I have I've been used, accustomed to. Now, who that ended up being was primarily myself, where I was just like, I'm going to be my biggest critic. I'm going to hold myself to a level where I, if I am getting off of where I want to be, I'm going to call myself out. I'm going to be like, David. You're unteen better than this. Step up. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your money. You're wasting whatever. You need to step up. And like, so when I, that, that transition helped me immensely where I had to give my own self shit. And like, because I had never gotten it from anybody. Number two is just 
commitment and consistency is a muscle just like anything else. And so, I mean, when I really started getting into nutrition and getting into that side of the game, I'd go three meals without cheating. Then I could go and I would, and the biggest thing that, that helped me was celebrating when I did things right, just as much as I would shit on myself when I do something wrong. Cause so many, this is where so many people get it wrong is you tell me as like, as like a mother, if every time your kid did something right, you just kind of shrugged it off, whatever. But every time they did something wrong, you hammer them, what they're going to freak out. They'd be like, all right, this is, this is, I, I don't know. And now they're walking eggshells, not doing anything because they're scared of pain even, and they don't get any pleasure. And so it's like, they're just all over the place. And so I really got in the habit of celebrating just as much or harder when I did something right, as much as if I did something wrong and getting on myself and getting on my case. And so it started off as three meals, then four meals, then a cheat, then five meals, then a cheat. And then I maybe I go two days without cheating. And then it was four days without cheating. Then it was a week without cheating and it was a consistent effort over time, but I still allowed myself indulgences. I still allowed myself that because it's like, what else are you living for if you don't? I mean, I had pizza two days ago. Like, (laughs) of course I'm going to occasionally. Like that's, you you give yourself that because you earned it. But yeah, so that was the biggest thing for me was whether you find some external, which is effective, like someone, like someone you talk to and say, hey, I, I want you to hold me accountable get on my case when I'm doing something wrong or you do it for yourself, which is in my opinion, longer term, it's going to be more effective because that person or that or whatever external thing you're talking about won't always be there. And so you need something like don't, don't allow some resource again to hold you back from what you want. You you have every resource you will ever need to getting what you really want right now. And so, so yeah, that, that was, that was the big thing for me was just getting on my own case. Well, and you had to learn a whole new style of eating. Mm. You had to learn a whole new world that you didn't know about. Did it become just kind of like the food and the video games is addictive? Did learning about this whole new world kind of become exciting to you as well? Yes, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like that's that's actually one of my favorite parts about my story and like my mind of where I'm at now is I've researched and done all of them. Other than vegan, other than vegan, I've done pretty much every plan under the sun from keto in the last six years of, of my successful weight loss and sustaining it. I've done keto, I've done intermittent fasting, I've done carb cycling, I've done macro counting, I've done calorie counting, I've done extended fasts where I didn't eat for five days. And like I've done everything. I, I effectively, uh, not everything, but you, you get the just and like understanding hydration. And so because of my science background, I got so fascinated with like knowing the truth. Like I want to know the truth. I don't want... Why does this work? Yes. I don't care about bro science. Like when certain people say that keto's not effective and you shouldn't do it, it's dangerous. They don't know the science. And like same thing with intermittent fasting. The same thing to think that we're all supposed to be cookie cutter, one stop shop nutrition plan is just ridiculous. Like it's just, no, you got different physiologies are influenced by different plans. And, and diff, like for me, I thrive on a lower carb diet, staying away from the grains, staying away from the stuff, higher protein, higher fat. I thrive that way. I've experienced over six years to know that that's worked the best for me. Now, I'm not going to say that keto is for everyone. That's, that's just not true. It's just like it's... But 
to know the science and to go into the depths of understanding insulin and understanding all the different factors and finding truth became so important to me because like so many people are lied to. It hurts my soul. Like for example, when I'm doing the research in my book and I've always been told this lie, which is for every pound of muscle you gain, you get, you burn an extra 50 calories. Like you ever heard that, that phrase? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Complete lie. It's like seven to eight calories tops. So it's like, it's less than 20% of what every personal trainer tells you every, and I'm just like, what else are we like? It hurts my soul. I'm like, I've been telling people that for years that I actually did my own research into it. Look at the actual, the numbers. It's not even close. And I'm like, Oh, like now I'm just like frustrated because I've been telling someone the wrong thing. It's like that, that, that just gets me. And so I've been infatuated with, with learning um, as much as possible and finding truth and finding the real sauce of how things work and that is the fitness world more than anything is the most, it's, it's tough because it's quite, you, you got to sift through some, some BS. Yeah, there's a lot of noise there. That's for there's sure. There's a lot of noise. So you had to learn fitness. You also had to learn nutrition. And for anybody who is new in this, all right, I know that I need to take my health back. I can't give it to doctors. I can't give it to genes because we know that's not true anymore either. You're not just chalking up to your genes. You really have influence over which genes are turned on and off. We know that, you know, we're, we're just more educated. We like to say ignorance in this day and age is a choice because there's so much information out there. But yet it is overwhelming to think, where do I start and who do I listen to and what do I do? So if somebody's new to this, I'd love for you to share one fitness like way to get started and then one nutrition idea to get started. 100%. All right. So fitness side of things, I'm just a firm believer in moving the body. Like just move every single day. You give yourself 30 minutes to an hour of movement, whether that's biking or that's walking, or that's in class, like my favorite by far, I think is the most effective for like strength training to cardiovascular to everything is incline walking, incline walking on treadmill, not even stairs, stairs are the death of me. I'm just talking about you put it at three, you put it at three to 5% incline at three miles an hour, don't hold on, just walk. And nothing crazy. You're you're not gonna suck for wind. You can like that's what I did at 400 pounds. If I can do that at 400 pounds, you can do that. And it is. It's just at the beginning. It's just about burning calories, getting the body moving, getting the body used to something that hasn't been normal for it for so long. And there's momentum in that, and it makes you feel good. The endorphins that come from it. I wouldn't tell anybody to start with strength training. I would just say get the body moving, especially cardiovascularly. Just like like I don't even care about running just incline walking, whatever it may be, just get the body moving for 30 minutes to an hour a day. And then what about nutrition? Nutrition. I think just being aware, like, so gosh, I think the number one to me is since everyone is so aware that, I mean, people, you sit there and you ask someone that's overweight, should you be eating a Burger King or a salad? What do you think they're going to say? Oh, well, salad. You think you should be drinking pop or water? Water. So I think one of the one of, a, a very good strategy for for nutrition side of things, just to get you in the right path, is keep a food journal. Because what's going to happen is when you, it's so easy to to shut your mind off when you're eating, and so like you just shut your mind off to it. You're not really you're watching TV, whatever. But when you make the 
just a focused decision to every time something goes in my mouth, I write it down. You'll start getting the habit, which I did. This is, I did this in the beginning, which was I'm not writing down on my freaking notepad that I ate a Snickers. I'm not doing it. So I'm not going to eat this freaking Snickers. I'm not doing it. And so, because you know, you know better. And so it's so easy to turn your mind off to it when you're just kind of distract eating, but you can't distraction eat when you tell you, when you focus on, I'm going to write everything down. And that alone will drop your calories, will make you focus on your, your everything else. Cause you know, everyone knows it's not you the said, issue. It's not knowledge. Yeah. Uh, knowledge is knowledge is not power. Acting on that knowledge is power. And Definitely. and the journal gives you a bit of accountability. Now, did you ever work with a personal trainer or anyone like that? Yeah, from time to time. Um, I'd like so when I got into strength training and stuff like that, I definitely wanted to make sure I was doing things right. Now, I was still YouTubing everything. I mean, everyone under the sun. Um, first things first, when I was when I YouTube people, I'd be like, all right, does this person have what I want and been where I'm at to the most of my abilities? Like that's that's always a fundamental thing to me is like looking at someone there is a level of okay does, does this guy's taking steroids is this guy gened out of his mind like does he actually know what he's talking about or is he just using his physique that he's always had to promote his body image that he doesn't really get and so i've always really made sure that whenever i'm taking advice from someone they've somewhat been where i'm at do they have to be morbidly obese no but have they been overweight and lost the weight um in some way shape or form before i'm like all right this individual really gets it has been an important factor for me. And then, yeah, so I YouTube pretty much everything of, of fitness workout plans. But then I also got different trainers at certain times where I do eight to 10 sessions of, all right, give me your perspective. How's my knees? How's this? That definitely does help that knowledge because sometimes you go to, oh, I, I work out plan of fitness. So you see some things. <laughs> It is good to have someone who is kind of three steps ahead or 10 steps ahead mm-hmm. I, helping to guide you. So number one for motivation, but number two for just increasing your learning. So a couple of mindset questions. How did you grow throughout this process? Like what did you start noticing about your thought patterns, your beliefs, your worldview that may have shifted? So I think one of the one of the primary things for me was I believe there's six areas to life. Okay. There's physical life, there's mental life, there's spiritual life, there's social slash community life, there's business life, and then there's relationship life. And from those six areas, people have different primary focuses, whether it's money versus relationships versus whatever, but there's power and momentum that like when you get momentum in one area, it bleeds into the others. And so for me, one of the things that got me so put to the next level of like my mindset was just breaking down when I, when I figured out there was like six areas to life and starting to create not just physical goals, but mental goals and spiritual goals and, and seeing how I can set daily habits and not just my physical life, but my mental life, and my spiritual life and my relationship life. And it really became the biggest catalyst for me into I'm just, I feel so blessed every day because I have such good balance in my life. And that's something that didn't happen overnight. And that's something that you're always working on. But I think that's one of the big things that many people get misguided on, which is balance. And they get so focused in one area and that's all they focus on. It's all I focus on. That's, that's great. But it holds you back from what you really want, which is we all want health, wealth, love and happiness. And that all those all those four come from balance. Like you, you can have all the wealth in the world, but if your health is off because all you focus on is wealth, you spend all your money to try to get your health back. 
keeping balance became one of my primary focuses through my like mental transition, which I think is one of the reasons why I've been able to sustain. I haven't lost the weight the, the fastest. Like obviously, there's I mean, first there's gas bypass and different things like that that can help momentum you get you to where you want to be. But even with people have done it naturally, like myself people have done it way faster than me, like lose 160 pounds in a year, 180 pounds in a year. I didn't do that. I was a pound and a half, two pounds a week for two, three years straight. Like it was a very consistent game for me. And I think the biggest thing there is I always kept myself stable. I always kept myself understanding balance, understanding that this is a marathon and not a sprint. And it kept my mind right that giving myself one meal a week, two meals a week and indulge and, and and be in the moment with my friends and family. If they want to go out for a meal, I'm not going to sit there and, and crunch myself over everything. And it kept me in the moment that I haven't gained much weight back ever since I really made that transition in my mindset because I focused on balance. Yeah, you can tell that you are so proud of the effort you've put in and the weight that you've lost and you love where you are. And mm-hmm. you know we're all still growing and learning, but you can tell that you really are like grounded in gratitude, like you really love yourself. And I think a lot of times, no matter what your weight is, or wherever, not a lot of people can truly say like, I love who I am. And I feel like you do. 100%. And the biggest thing there is I get some hate for this one. I had an old high school teacher get on me for this. um, Because I post on my Facebook about it. But I get very careful with the statement of who you are. And it's like, because most of who we are is just a bunch of patterns, a bunch of habits that we have that we say is who we are, but it's just not. And like, I always, the, the big thing there is I value me because God bless me on this point right now. But that doesn't mean like exact for that point of like, there are areas where I'm like, Hey, I need to do better. I have the ability to do better, which makes me proud acknowledging the fact that I can be better. I think you talk about like an awful feeling is just this idea that everything in your life is not your fault. And it's just your, it's your circumstances. God, that is that, that idea that everything is like this, the victim complex. No wonder you're so sad and depressed because you're sitting there in, in this idea that everything is stagnated and this is where I'm at and this is where I'm going to be. And this, and if I'm not happy now, I'm never going to be. And like, it's just such an awful place. I think the proudest point for me is just coming to the acknowledgement that I have the ability to change anything. And that is so prideful because if something isn't right, I can change it. Oh, mic drop. It's really like <laughs> even who you be is fluid. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a, a exactly. matter of being fixed in, in a reality that you have to suffer in. It mm-hmm. really is saying, all right, well, what do I want my life to look like? And what's one thing I can do today to take a change? Mm-hmm. Now, and tweaking things. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's a slight change. And the compound effect by Darren Hardy is one of my favorites as well, because really that slight shift can take you in a completely different direction. And you're living proof of that. So I've got a couple other follow-up questions. One is about your family. When they started to see you make this change, tell me how they responded to you. Oh, they, I mean, they were ecstatic for sure. It was especially close family, um, like my mom and dad. And it's so crazy how the one of the most incredible things for me and like most people is you don't, you'll get most of your joy not of what you do, 
but from the momentum of helping other people in the same light. Like, for example, more than not, like if you're overweight, you're surrounded by overweight people. Now, my dad's always been a marathon runner. He's always worked out significantly. Um, but when he's working 70, 80, 90 hours, I mean, I'm not kidding. When I was a, like a junior, senior in high school, when he worked his most, he would work 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday. And then every five weeks, he'd have to work on call on weekends. So he'd get called into the hospital at midnight for a heart attack, 3 a.m. for a heart attack, maybe even 5 a.m. for a heart attack, then work all Saturday. And then he'd go, go home Sunday, Saturday night. And then he'd probably get called in for a heart attack at midnight and 3 a.m., work all day Sunday, and then work the whole week. We're talking, I'm not kidding, he'd work 100 hours in a week. And so and when, when you're that focused on your work, what happens? The health drops. And so my dad's got a little pot belly now and all this kind of stuff. I still mock him for it. Now he's tweaked. He's, he's lost weight and he's gotten, he's, he's helped. Um, but even my, like the biggest one is my mom. It's been so cool. Like my mom, I won't go into all of her health stuff, but like knowing she was just as overweight, if she was as overweight as me, but she was significantly overweight when we were kids as well. Cause food and stuff like that, that was just a habit that we had. But when I really made my momentum shift, she's lost like 70 pounds herself, 60 pounds herself. And it's uh-huh. just so cool where it's like, I didn't even do it. There was never a point where it was like, mom, you need to do this. It was just through my actions, she changed. And it was such a cool feeling knowing that I didn't even have to really do anything. Just living the life you're supposed to live helps other people around you live the way they should live. Absolutely. You live in your best life rubs off. Yes. And then my dad... He always says this. It's always a funny thing to me because, I mean, when you're being a doctor and, and living in that light, you you witness habits and you witness patterns. Like a lot of his patients are significantly overweight. He gets a lot of the same people. And he'll get teared up every so often and say, like, David, you you don't get what you did. Like you you would have been one of my patients in 15 years. Like you don't get it. Hmm. And he's like, you still don't get it. And I, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I think I get it, Dad. But he's just still like, no, you you don't you you really don't know what you did he's like he's infinitely proud of me from that um standpoint that makes things like makes life just feel good Hmm, that's beautiful did you ever get your was it assist on your did that ever get it went away it went away my senior year of high school and uh i haven't had another brain mri since but I, i think it was just a little cyst it grew for two years and then it dropped and then it was gone okay Okay. So now you are on a mission to help spread your message of empowerment, of saying you really can take back your power and and create a life you want. So tell us about the book that you're writing. Yeah. So I'm really excited about my book. It's called Drop the Baggage. And the first chapter, obviously, is like my story, just kind of get a good set point of like, first things first for me. And I think most people should live this way. I go into my book is when people influence your decision making, when they influence your mind, when they influence your decisions, you better understand that they better have what you want and have been where you're at. Otherwise, they, they're probably not the person you should be getting advice from. Like that's just, that's just the, the honest truth. The way I explain it within people take it personal, but it's just like, all right, if Gam Gam and Grandpa have been married for 55 years, incredible relationship, have always been the greatest supporters, and you're going through relationship problems, who should you go to? Grandma and Grandpa. They've been there. They've done it. They've been successful. Go to them. But if Grandpa and Grandma have been living paycheck to paycheck for 70 years, 
and you're trying to get something more than that, you probably shouldn't be asking them for financial advice. It's just, it's just a logical standpoint. Um, and we live in a day and age right now where a lot of people are getting advice from the wrong people because they think that when you love someone, you take for what they have as real. It's like, that's just not true. It's just, it's just, there's more to it than that. And so my book really goes into it's 70% on the mindset habits and things you need to change about where you're at mentally. 20% is on nutrition and like getting the foundations down there. And the last 10% is on like fitness and, and working out and stuff like that. But like that to me is honestly like the set point for anything. It's like, it's 70% mindset. It's 20% to 30% mechanics. It's, it has nothing to do. It's very little has to do with the mechanics. The mechanics can always be learned. Like if, if you get inspired on the basic set points of mentally of what you need to do, you can YouTube everything like I did on nutrition to get you what you what, get what you want. But if you don't have the belief that you can do it, if you don't have um, the foundational desire of chunking goals and learning how to break things down to the simplest denominators, you'll never do it. And like, that's the biggest thing I speak to people more than anything is like, I can sit down with anybody and tell you exactly how to lose 100 pounds 100 days. But they're not going to do it. Like, it doesn't matter. It's it's mentally of why it's important to them. And, and like, breaking down those emotional barriers and this, those false beliefs of those stories we tell ourselves of why we don't have what we want. And like when you can break them down and find truth and find real, like raw, and like it makes you question everything and gets you to a place of um, when you always question everything, you, you're eventually gonna find the truth. But most people never question anything and they just kind of coast. And so my book is really based upon getting to the truth of where you're at. And then, all right, now that you know the truth, let's get you out of it. And so I'm really excited for it. So good. So good. You guys, we're going to put the link to the book in the show notes in a few months when it comes out. So definitely come back and and check it out and we'll post about it as well. And I'm sure if you're following David on Instagram, all his links will be below. He will be loud and proud about it when it's on Amazon. Can't wait to to help you launch and get your start because there's so many people who still are living in that fixed mindset, that victim Mm -hmm. mindset, the fact that they feel too far gone, they feel too far in debt, they feel too overweight, they feel too, too whatever. And, and we're here to say, no, 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 no. Like you still got a lot of life to live and there's a lot of possibilities here. So one question I have is when you had a hard day, because we know in six years, Mm -hmm. right, there's still discouragement. There's still life happening. There's still like, a sadness or, you know, just, you know, getting off path for a bit. And what did you do to keep your vision strong? So a couple things that definitely helped me on that front. And that, that's the biggest thing for me is like, it's not a one. It's not just one thing. There are multiple places where you can help set yourself up that you're going to do the right thing for a long enough time. And like, one of those things is law of association, who you surround yourself with. Um, another thing is what you focus on grows and the habits you get into. Um, for example, I'm a firm believer. I think it's actually right over there. Um, in, in goal cards and like having a vision and dream card where, um, I set a yearly goal and a vision and why it's important to me. And I read it three to five times a day, every day. It's a pattern I do. It's the first thing I do when I wake up, I do it right around lunch, right around mid midday. And then before I go to bed. And just keeping your mind in the right place helps you make the right decision because that's, that's the biggest thing is like where your focus goes, energy flows. 
And so if you focus on the next logical step, you focus on why it's important to you and who you're trying to help and, and where you're going to be, it's really going to keep you on track. And the other thing too is not allowing yourself to compound problems. We all have problems. So for example, back in October, I tore my PCL, which was less than, than ideal considering I'm doing my first bodybuilding show in November. And so like a lot of cardio, a lot of stuff, and I tear my knee. And so it's like, all right, well, what do most people do when they get caught in a situation or a struggle or whatever word you want to use? They compound it with some negative plan that makes them feel good in the moment that only makes things worse three to five days from now. So what do people do? Like, what do most people do? Could I have done in the past is, all right, well, I tore my PCL. This sucks. I'm going to get frustrated. I'm going to stress eat, which is just, a, again, it's just, just these fake things you do that is not true. It's not even true because three to five days from now, you're more stressed at yourself for stress eating than what you were before. And so what I did was like, all right, this situation is here. Obviously, something I didn't plan for is happening right now. How can I make the best out of the situation that I'm in? And I was like, all right, well, what can I do? I was like, this is the great teaching point. And I'm like, so I took two years after my two excess skin removal surgeries to get as big as possible, like strength training, get like as, as strong as I could. Um, so I went from like two, 240 up to 280 and like, like strength, I obviously gained a little body fat, but a lot of it was muscle in two years. And I was on my final cut getting ready for this, this show. So the year out moving this direction, I was like, you know what, this is a great teaching point. And so in 90 days from when I tore my PCL, I focused my, my nutrition even heavier. I, got my, I did everything I could that I could do working out wise that wouldn't involve cardio and these other things. And I lost 30 pounds in 90 days. Just to prove a point. I got down to 250 in 90 days. And it was just to prove a point that it doesn't matter. Like it, that, that, and like, that's the cool thing from there is like when, when situations arise, Instead of you asking yourself these why questions of why me, blah, 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 blah. It's like I've created the habit of how can I make the best out of the situation? What can I do to be to stay as goal-oriented as I can? The, folk, the, the questions you ask yourself are going to control the brain to make the decisions that you're going to make. If you ask yourself poor question, this idea that there's, there's no such thing as a dumb question, it's not true. There are dumb questions. <laughs> there are dumb questions. If you're asking yourself, why am I always fat and blah, blah, blah. Guess what? It's a dumb question because your brain's going to give you a dumb answer. And so um, asking yourself powerful questions has really helped me not compound problems because, again, it's a compound effect. It's doing, this, it's doing wrong things for an extended period of time. If it was one burger and you had a heart attack, would anyone eat a burger? No. <laughs> like it's, it's eating a burger for every meal with fries for three straight years, for five straight years. It's not smoking one cigarette that kills you. It's smoking for 10 years. And so it's getting on the, it's, and if you smoke one cigarette, it's not going to kill you. And so the, the being able to make sure you're not compounding problems has helped me immensely with not being on the roller coaster anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Because life does happen. Relationship struggles happen. Disappointments happen. Breaking things and injuring yourself happen. But I love that. Asking yourself the right questions. All right, how can I make the best out of this situation? What can I impact right now? What can I do? And focusing on that. So instead of 
you know, going back into the stinking thinking and emotional eating, you are like, no, 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 I'm going to use this as a catalyst to hone in on nutrition, do what I can and, you know, lose 30 pounds in 90 days. Why the heck not? All right. Well, I want to say thank you so, so much for hanging out with us today. Your Instagram is FitDRock. And uh, we'll post like his links and all that good stuff so you can hang out with David on his social media and be the first to know when his book comes out. But is there anything you would like to end with? I appreciate you for having me on here. Honestly, it's, it's, this is like, this is what I love to do this for. It's like any way I can help other people through my experience, through my results has been worth doing. So it's like anytime I can take time out of my day to do that, I just appreciate being able to do. So I appreciate you. Absolutely. This has been super fun. And I know since you're a Grand Rapids native, we'll be in touch. And and I look forward to helping you spread your message. So thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.